VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world, opening opening day with an opening day podcast. I'm Jake Mintz, that's Jordan Schusterman. Our season previews are in the rearview mirror. The birds, they are a chirping. The grass, it is being a watered and a mowed. The players are aligning up their spikes a clean, their uniforms a worn. And here they are for opening day. The smell of the hot dog, the crack of the bat, the disappointment of the Detroit Tigers. It's all here and we cannot be more excited. By the time you are listening to this, Patrick Corbin's first pitch will be just moments away from starting or, this season or Garrett Cole. <laughs> or, or just moments outside. <laughs> or, strikes or, uh, yes, uh, or Garrett Cole, whichever you so choose to start your opening day with. On this episode of Baseball Barbacast, we are going to talk about opening day. We are going to draft opening day starters and make a little competition out of it. We are going to have uh, some of our friends from the SiriusXM Podcast Network join us for our awards picks. And then at the very end, we will give you our official postseason predictions since everybody loves those and we hate them, but we got to give the people what they want. But Jake, before we get to our opening day starter draft, we wanted to just take a step back, zoom out. What does opening day mean to us? Oh, what so a question everyone is pondering on this day. What is what is so special about this day? Um, we don't have to go, you know, we can go big picture. We can go specific things. What, what are you thinking about on this opening day? I am thinking about that it is one of the days during the season where normies care about baseball too. That is what I like about it. You know, when your local team is in the World Series and your substitute teacher from 2012 likes your Facebook post about how you're at the game or something like that, that makes you feel good that other people care about the thing you care about. And opening day is that too. People come out of the woodwork. They send you pictures of them at stadiums and you feel like for a little bit, ball matters to more than just the weirdos like us. But even more than that, Jordan, it is a reason to care again. It is a return to the rhythm of our lives. Spring training sucks. It is pointless. I do not feel compelled to watch any baseball at all. And I feel the gravitational pull of the MLB TV quad box already from 24 hours into the future. Yes, and I think the immediate switch that is flipped the degree to which we ignore spring training, I think, helps this. And this is something I've kind of mastered over the last few years. Like, I don't want to watch spring training ever because if you follow us and you know what we're about in terms of making baseball things, we want to find the baseball where people care. And by nature, nobody cares in spring training. Yes, it's important. Yes, guys have to play to get into shape, sort of, maybe, kind of. Yes, people have to figure out the new rules. That's a huge part of what this opening day is going to be about. We could talk about that a little bit. But for me... You turn into a baseball game because people on the field are trying to win really badly. And that is not the case in spring training. And that will be the case as soon as the games begin today. And I also want to say, Jake, or, or you, have, you have some thoughts on that. And then I'll, I'll kind of yeah. pick a little bit. Like it's cliche. The idea of, you know, everyone is zero and zero. And there is the hope and the optimism and blah, blah, frickety blah. But there is something to, as a fan, winning on opening day. You feel like on top of the world. If you win just on opening day and lose every other game, it'll be a bad year. But you will have had real, genuine, unbridled joy for 24 hours. In some cases, 48 hours, because a lot of teams aren't playing on Friday. And you remember those games. As a kid, like I remember going to opening day games. If you won opening day games, it was a good year. It's like fuck Satani Phil, you know? Uh, also, yeah, I mean, one and zero is a lot better than zero and one. 
It's very hard to stay undefeated. In- and it's like if you're a crappy fan of a crappy team and, you know, like let's say you're a Rockies fan. Sorry for crapping on your team yesterday. If you're a Rockies fan and you go 1-0 and and you can just point down and take at the bottom of the division and take that screenshot of you above the Dodgers, like that's still funny every Do year. It. Absolutely. The other thing I wanted to bring up is how I feel this opening day compared to last year. So the lockout last year was so terrible and so miserable and such a life suck on the entire sport that yes, we avoided complete catastrophe. Opening day was delayed, but we still did get it, you know, in the beginning of April. But I remember feeling, especially because spring training, all that was so rushed and so ridiculous that it was relief more than excitement. It was like, okay, well, this could have been even worse. We could have had not opened it. Like, I'm just glad we're here, right? And also part of that was not just relief that we survived the lockout and got through it and still had mostly a regular season, but that because of the lockout, there was no momentum being built throughout the winter. Whereas this winter was one of the most awesome off seasons we have ever had. And because of that, Every move added another layer of excitement and every every trade and every signing gave you one more reason to get excited for the season. And now that we're actually here, sure, we've seen some of these guys in their new season spring training, but like I said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't feel real. It doesn't actually count. And so now I am so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so, we have made it like we have built towards something. We've waited all these months and now it is here. It is a season that feels legit and feels awesome. And I'm so, I'm so amped. It's all pretend baseball until Aaron Judge, during warmups on opening day against the Giants, strolls over to the Giants dugout and gives Gabe Kapler a handshake or gives him a little playful nod of, yes, this is how things turned out, and then proceeds to hit three home runs against the Giants at home in his returning Yankee Stadium. That will make it feel real, right? And it is such a great place to start the season. Giants, Yankees, because it was the biggest story of the winter Mm -hmm. was Aaron Judge, Giants or Yankees. And here he is in the flesh at home in front of the fans with the Giants having to watch him from the other dugout. Oh, I cannot wait. I will be at that game. I am incredibly, incredibly excited for it. Also, uh, as we are as we kind of start transitioning to our, our opening day starter draft, there is something admittedly cool about just having all the best pitchers or most of the best pitchers, you know, starting on the same day. Yes, you know, sometimes stars align and we get awesome hashtag ace-offs during the regular season. Of course, that is possible. And of course, we, you know, get it in the postseason. But at the same time, there is something about looking at this slate and being like, oh, like I would like to watch as many of these pitches as possible. Uh, I know that won't be possible because we will both be at some of these games. I will be at Pirates Reds. Uh, at 4 p.m., seeing Mitch Keller and Hunter Green throw very hard, but that that is also just a cool thing that doesn't always come out, and that's a, it's a, it's a, it is a proper way to start the season. Uh, Jake, any other just bigger picture things like we we preview the season from a divisional standpoint, team by team. We we touched on every team, we touched on the important players, whatever. I think we also need to just acknowledge, <laughs> even though we I, we spent, I'm really proud of the pod we did about the rules before spring training started, but we have to mention this: we are. A few hours away from our first pitch timer violation, right? We are a few hours away from those which we can laugh at in spring training, right? From feeling like a big deal, right? And baseball is different now. And when now that it counts, all of it becomes very real. And yes, baseball is now different than it ever has been before. And I'm not going to pretend to know what it's going to be like for all that we've seen in spring training. So I think some of it has been surprising. Some of it has been as expected. And we will not know until the games actually begin and they actually count. And everyone that is playing in them understands that it actually counts. And I can't wait to see how it goes. We will get a goofy highlight tomorrow of someone striking out or walking because they waited too long. Just be ready for it. It's not the end of the world. It's day one. It's not a big problem. That's Mm -hmm. always what happens when new things start. Let's go ahead to our opening day starter draft, Jordan. We're going to have a little bit of fun here. There are 30 pitchers taking the mound today on opening day. Oh, I cannot wait. We are going to each draft a team of 15. Just the numbers from their opening day starts count. 
whoever's team has a better ERA at the end of the day will win. We don't care about strikeouts or walks or hits or home runs. This game's about run prevention, baby. Yes, and we are going to be tracking this, and we will recap on Monday how our openness stars do. Because, right, it's not just we'll build a rotation. No, it is about how we think they're going to do in game number one. We are recording this on Wednesday, so hopefully none of these guys, you know, get scratched right before the start. But we were going to count that these 30 starters are indeed the 30 starters who will take the mound. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we don't have any openers. Hopefully we don't live to see an opening day opener, although that would be very funny. Okay, Jake, you know what? I like you, man. You can yeah? have the first pick. I like me too. I appreciate and, it. And we're going to go back and forth. Not yeah. snake, just one, one, one back and forth. We'll, we'll go quickly. So go ahead, start us off. Who is your first pick? There are two obvious selections, and I will take one of them. Shohei Otani is pitching against the A's. <laughs> that is a great selection. Um, okay, I'm interested who you think the other super obvious one is, but I guess I will do it, and I will take Shane McClanahan against the Tigers. Listen, are those the two best pitchers available? No, but we're trying to play the game here, so I will take Shane McClanahan with my first pick. And I will continue with that theme, and I will take Max Freed against the Washington Nationals, who I think is the is the easy number three pick. That is a good easy number three pick. I think, actually, I am going to take Garrett Cole. Uh, I'm going to take Garrett Cole here. Whoa, uh, maybe, maybe that's a little aggressive to take Garrett Cole, <laughs> but I am going to take Garrett Cole. I think he's just going to be amazing this season, so I'll take him. Uh, now there's a drop-off. Now there's a nice little drop off, but I will take Corbin Burns, who will, uh, you know, he won the Cy Young two years ago and is facing the Cubs, who are fine. Mm-hmm. Good pick. I will take Blake Snell against the Rockies, not in Colorado. That feels like a pretty strong selection. Uh, so I will take Snell. I'm not going to overthink it. I'll just take Jacob deGrom. I know he's facing the Phillies, who are magical, but it's Jacob deGrom is pitching, and so he'll be good. That is a extremely reasonable selection. For the same reason, I think I'm gonna. T- I'll take Scherzer here. I'll take Scherzer here against an you know an improved Marlins offense, but still a Marlins offense. <laughs> uh, I will take the flip side of that and take Sandy Alcantara, the reigning Cy Young. Yes. In the NL. Then I will take Aaron Nola against the Texas Rangers down in uh, in Globe Death, I believe. I will go with Luis Castillo of the Seattle Mariners against the at times Homer hungry Cleveland Guardians. <laughs> okay. That is a that is a very good one. Oh boy. Okay. I know Don't hurt yourself, buddy. Okay. We are gonna go with Framber Valdez at home against the Chicago White Sox. I know they still have, you know, those big righty, righty boppers. Wow, Jose Abreu. against the White Sox on opening day in Houston, but still, I will take Fromber. I will go with Pablo Lopez against the Royals. Yeah. First start with the Twins, but it is in Kansas City, but it's still the Royals. I will take Alec Manoa against the St. Louis Cardinales. I will take... I'll take... (laughs) Zach Gallen against the Dodgers. Mm, wow. Okay, so you're taking Gallen before you're taking Arias. I will take I'll take Arias here then against okay. the, against the D-backs. Ah, oh, man. Okay. This is where it starts to get a little bit sticky. I will take Miles Michaelis against the Blue Jays at home. At home, I like that. At home, I like that. I'm going to take Beebs against the Mariners. This is a win-win for me. Uh, if he shoves it up their ass, I will at least have some help in this game. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh, this is probably a dumb one, but I will take Dylan Cease against Houston. Mm. I mean, he's awesome. Like, I, And I'm going to take Logan Webb here because I, I just feel like, yeah, yeah, I'm taking Logan Webb. Oh, wow. You're, you're, you're stunned by that. No, I'll take Logan Webb. Logan Webb, listen, I know it's like a small ballpark. Yankees are awesome. He's he can keep the ball on the ground. I'll take Logan Webb. I feel fine about that. I'll take Marcus Stroman. Speaking of keeping the ball on the ground, mm-hmm. it's going to be freezing in Chicago probably, and the yes. Brewers are a, a mediocre offense. I will then take Hunter Green uh, for the Cincinnati Reds, who I will be in attendance for that game against a 
veteran <laughs> Pirates lineup. <laughs> we'll see who's in the lineup for that one. Okay, this is where things drop off. Just I want to read out the remaining names. Kyle Muller, Mitch Keller, Eduardo Rodriguez, Herman Marquez, Patrick Corbin, Zach Granke, Kyle Gibson, Corey Kluber. I'm going to go with Corey Kluber at home against the Orioles. Wow. Okay, interesting. <laughs> that would have been one of my first picks. I will take Mitch Keller here um, against a uh, maybe not super bueno Reds lineup. I will take Zach Granke at home against the Twins. I do not think he is going to completely implode. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, boy. I think uh, I will take Erod, I think, against the Rays. I'll take Erod against the Rays. Three, I will take Kyle Gibson against the Red Sox. Okay, yeah, get, get, get your get your order there. Okay, so now we just we're down to Herman Marquez against the Padres, or Kyle uh, Muller, or Patrick Corbin against or the Patrick Braves. Corbin <laughs> against the Braves. Oh boy. Okay. Well, I guess I'm gonna be stuck with Patrick Corbin. It seems like <laughs> I can't speak to that. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll take. I'm going to take Kyle Muller. I'm going to take Kyle Muller here. I, let, let's do it. Kyle Muller, Kyle Muller, who multiple people who work in baseball said to us, who is that <laughs> when he was announced? <laughs> um, but I'll take Kyle Muller. I'll take Kyle Yeah, sure. Let's do it. I will take Patrick Corbin. Oh, my God. Okay. 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 And the re- this is probably like an outrageous <laughs> slight to Herman Marquez, who is a totally good pitcher. And Patrick Corbin was the worst pitcher in baseball last year. Yeah, I could see a scenario where Herman Marquez rolls up to a raucous Petco Park, and the Padres score thirty three <laughs> runs off him in the first. I know, day. right? That's my, he has the he's going to have the biggest like the vibe disadvantage is going to be overwhelming for him, but like my <laughs> the thing with him is he's probably going to stay out there. You know what I mean? Like the ERA is going to end up even if he gives up 5 runs, if it's over 6 or 7 innings, I'm not as concerned and I think he's going to go out there anyway. So I also think it's funny to not have Patrick Corbett be the last pick. Yes, that's very fair. All right. Uh so, uh Team Jordan going into battle on opening day with Shane McClanahan, Garrett Cole, Blake Snell, Max Scherzer, Aaron Nola, Framber Valdez, Alec Manoa, Julio Urias, Shane Bieber, Logan Webb, Hunter Green, Mitch Keller, E-Rod, Eduardo Rodriguez, Kyle Muller, and Herman Marquez. It's a good good little team you got right there. I will I will say hello with Shohei Otani, Max Fried, Corbin Burns, Jacob deGrom, Sandy Alcantara, Luis Castillo, Pablo Lopez, Zach Gallon, Miles, Michael S. Dylan Cease, Marcus Roman, Corey Kluber, Zach Granke, Kyle Gibson, and Patrick Corbin. Oh, boy. All right, well, we will keep track of all of these earned runs uh, on opening day, and we will crown a champion on Monday, if not sooner. That was very fun. Now we are going to take a quick break, and when we return, we will be joined by CJ Nikowski and Ryan Spielborgs of the Loud Outs podcast to make our awards picks. Hey, everybody, I'm James Hinchcliffe. And I'm Alexander Rossi, and we're the hosts of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. As two friends who have a collective 18 years of experience driving an IndyCar and one season of experience on Dancing with the Stars, we know what it takes to be successful on and off the track or dance floor. That's why each week we will give you a peek behind the front curtain and tell you what life is really like for professional IndyCar drivers and second place finishers on dancing television shows. Download Off Track with Hinch and Rossi on Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to Baseball Barbacast. Our season preview rolls on. We are very excited to be joined by two members of the SiriusXM Podcast Network family, CJ Nikowski, Ryan Spielborgs of the Loud Outs Podcast. Gentlemen, welcome to our podcast. Spilly, my friend, how are you doing, man? I'm doing awesome. So we have the scene in Loud Outs. It's uh, Negative War, which is both CJ and I, we've had negative wins <laughs> Above replacement, but positive vibes. And I mentioned positive vibes because you're wearing a Colorado Springs vibes hat, uh, which is super sweet. So appreciate that. So it's good to see a s'more getting burned alive on top of someone's head. Uh, yes, I am wearing my toasty the vibe, uh, Rocky Mountain vibes, RIP uh, hat. 
Um, <laughs> it, was, it was a nice little run for the vibes. Uh, CJ, welcome to the Barbacast. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I was under the impression that there was going to be some kind of food served during this that I misread and misunderstand. I'm sure a lot of people dropped that dad joke on you guys, but uh, I am one that was uh, expecting something. <laughs> Grilled, that is- smoked. That is not how Zoom works. Yeah, it's oh, more of a Zoom so. problem than. But you got you could have DoorDash me something to yeah. get me ready for the show. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. That's true. We are terrible hosts. I apologize. So, uh, gentlemen, we wanted to bring you in to join us for uh, for our awards picks at the end of this uh, here season preview podcast. Um, this is honestly not something that I am like. I guess I like this more than picking division winners and whatever because predicting baseball is very stupid. But awards picks is fun because we love talking about players and we like hyping up players. So we figured this would be a good opportunity for you guys as, as former players to help us uh, hype up some players for the 2023 season and have a philosophical conversation about manager of the year. But uh, Jake, I think we should just get right into it. I guess we'll we'll just do a little rotation here. How do you want to How do you want to organize this? I think we pick the award. Mm-hmm. And we all talk about our who our real pick and our dark horse, and then we move on to the next award. That would be my recommendation, Jordan. All right, should we go league by league or award by award? League by league. All right, league by league. It is. We begin in the National League. Yeah, that's right. We're going to start in the National League with the National League most valuable player. Uh, Ryan Spielberg, start us off with your NL MVP pick. By the way, we all came up with these beforehand, so hopefully it doesn't just seem like we're. St- if we end up stealing each other's, then so be it. We are allowed to share picks, I think. Okay. Uh, I have Ronald Acuna Jr. winning the MVP in the National League. I saw him in winter ball, was was really impressed with what he's doing. He's he's healthy. Last season, he, he still almost stole nearly 30 stolen bases. I think people forgot that. Uh, he legitimately is a 40-40 homer stolen base type i think with the larger bases i also believe uh with the cunha being fully healthy he's what is he 24 years old he's not even like peak acuna yet uh so i think this is the season we see peak acuna fully healthy uh to me it feels like he's gonna win it unanimously so that's that's him my dark horse is Juan Soto, but it's not much of a dark horse <laughs> yeah i was gonna ask what the qualification was for the dark horse is it a guy that nobody's talking about or is it like our second place picks let me get we kind of yeah. get coverage we so, all like, have that's a terrible <laughs> That's a terrible dark horse. Correct. Yes. For me, a dark horse, like when you John pick someone, Birdie. Great. <laughs> the darkest horse. Perfect. Awesome spilling. For me, a dark horse, horse someone who, when you say their name, the three other people go, mm. ooh. Mm. Uh, okay, so you want the darkest of dark horses? No. Uh, I mean, like, <laughs> you, you can't Somewhere in the middle. MVP. Shade of gray, please. But you can't win an MVP without being an everyday player that's in the middle of someone's lineup. I mean, okay, okay fine. Uh, Christian Yelich is going to bounce back and, and come out of nowhere perfect back one. to his perfect. MVP caliber form. Does it yeah. sound like you believe that? But great. <laughs> no. And also, you guys get a little taste of what I deal with all the time now. I heard, I heard, I thought I heard an XL in there, and this is only twenty minutes of your life. Uh, try five days a week with a podcast on top of it. All right, so in the National League, I'm going to go Trey Turner. Is my pick. I'm going to take the hot hand coming off the WBC. Um, and the dark horse is a rookie who I'm not picking as my rookie of the year, and that's Corbin Carroll. Oh, oh, interesting. I like that, that he's that MVP, not rookie of the year. That's that's yeah. fun. That's a good well, I mean, he would win it both. My point is that <laughs> sure. he's not going to be my rookie of the year pick going for that's where I'm at. That's that's fine. I love that. Uh, all right. I do you want me to go, Jake? I'll, I'll go, yeah, go I'll ahead. go first here. Um, so to me, the question is uh, a padre or the field. And I am going to go with Spilly's dark horse, <laughs> Juan Soto, for my pick. I think um, I think he is again also just WBC spring training. Like there is no way he is going to do like how for how bad quote unquote he looked with the Padres in the second half of last year. I'm not worried. I think he's going to be unbelievable. I also think we shouldn't count out Tatis, but Soto is definitely my pick. And then dark horse again. Maybe maybe Jake, you're going to say, oh, this is nonsense. I'm going to say Pete Alonso who I think was like amazing last season. And because he is a very basic first baseman slugger, like I made the joke that if it was the seventies or eighties, he would have been in the top three because he had a ton of homers and RBIs. Um, but I still like Pete Alonso. I I'm, I'm going to go Pete Alonso as my, as my dark horse. Jake, what you got? I was going to take Trey Turner as my favorite. And my dark horse is Fernando Tatis Jr. Who maybe that's a silly dark horse, but I think it qualifies because he's not going to play in April. And so to pick him as your MVP, he would need to absolutely set the world on fire and stay healthy for five months. 
And I just don't think enough people are thinking about Mr. Tatis, which is crazy considering what he was to us in baseball two years ago. Let's move on to the NL Cy Young. Uh, CJ, why don't you start us off here? So I'm going to take the repeat offender, and I know we don't see it very often, but uh, Sandy was pretty fantastic in Miami. It's difficult to do down there. I think part of him with the innings uh, that he brings to the table, uh, I mean, in, what was it, 228, I believe, last year. It didn't seem like a big number. It's a big number these days, and I think he's going to run to that same situation. What works in his favor, I think voters will award that. Uh, so Andy, Andy, no, it's Sandy. Uh, Sandy Alcantara is my pick for the National League signing award. Although that's Andy his, would be that's like a nice evil like, cousin. Yeah, like when he's out at a bar and he doesn't want people to know who he is. No, I'm I'm Andy. That's a good one. Yeah, no, uh, he could say his last name, so it's fine. He could say Alcantara, Alcantara. He could say whatever you want. Andy Alcantara, <laughs> but works too. Sandy, short for Sandrew, I believe is what his full name is. Um, do you? Uh, so Sandy, Sandy's a great. Yeah, again, the bulk yeah. is just insane with him. Do you have a, a dark horse pick for? Uh, for yeah, so I didn't know we were doing dark horses. That's, that's, so that's okay. um, makes it a little more difficult. National League dark horse we, will we can, be Tyler Tyler McGill. Oh, there we go. I love that one. I love that one. I I do also like David Peterson, but you're you're going to need at least one more injury, very possible with the Mets. So yeah. don't rule that out. Uh, Spilly, we <laughs> sent it to you for NL Cy Young. Okay, I I think this is the best pitcher in baseball right now. Um, consistently, I, I think Corbin Burns with his disappearing cut fastballs, he's impossible to square up. I, I I believe where where the Brewers are at defensively, he'll get a bump there too. So I, I just see Corbin Burns as being the best pitcher. I mean, good luck squaring up 97 miles an hour in the last couple feet. It's a, it's like a, it's a total optical illusion. You don't see the last couple feet when you're a hitter. So when the ball moves seven inches, that's why these guys swing and miss so much. It's incredible. He throws punches, punches, of strikes. Uh, so there, there's that one. I'm going to take Zach Gallon as my dark horse Cy Young uh, with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Good I pick. will go next. Mm-hmm. I will take Spencer Strider as my NL Cy Young. He struck out batters at a better clip than any starting pitcher in the history of baseball, except for Garrett Cole in 2019. So, and they tied in terms of K per nine. That seems like a pretty good place to start. And he doesn't really walk that many people. The thing with Strider is, can he do it over 180 innings? That will be the determining factor. If he does it over 160 innings, it still might be good enough to win the Cy Young because that is how baseball works now. As far as a dark horse, I'm going to take Taiwan Walker of the Philadelphia Phillies, who Mm. has made some changes to his pitch mix in a way that I think will really benefit him. And he looked outstanding raw stuff wise in the WBC, and he's going to have to throw a lot of innings. And he has thrown a lot of innings over the last two years when he was on the Mets. I will go with Taiwan Walker. I think Corbin Burns is the objectively correct pick, but what I wrote down here was Brandon Woodruff, his teammate who was amazing in the second half, especially. Um, I just think like if he was not on Corbin Burns' same team, we would be talking about him a lot more. Uh, and that might ultimately end up hurting him, make it harder for him to win the award. But I just think he's awesome and also one of the one of the 10 best uh, pitchers in the league, certainly in the NL. Uh, Dark Horse, maybe not Dark Horse, kind of dumb because he's already won one, but I'll take Blake Snell. I think Blake Snell is another one who is so volatile, but is going to be so important for the Padres this year. I think he could be fantastic and also a free agent at the end of the season. So probably uh, particularly motivated. Let's go to our rookies, rookie of the year. If you Um, don't take Corbin Carroll in this, I think Uh. you're asking (laughs) people to look at you. I think that like it is Corbin Carroll (laughs) or it is Jordan Walker and any other pick as a favorite is objectively incorrect. Um, unless you have inside dope. So I loved how bold you were coming out and saying yeah. Corbin Carroll only. And then you said, or. Oh, or Jordan Walker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he, 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 caught he caught himself. He caught himself. Except yeah. that, just I want to play it safe just in case Jordan Walker also potentially. Be careful. That, and that's who I took. I took Jordan Walker, uh, man child among us, uh, excited to see this kid. We love seeing young players that are bringing a dynamic game, and Corbin Carroll certainly is as well. Uh, but Walker looks pretty special. So I'm glad that I fell in the graces of a top two pick. And uh, this means I don't want people to look at me. <laughs> yeah. Spiller, uh, I, I was going to do that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ollie Morrow was re- was really funny when he uh, told Jordan Walker uh, how he made the team, and then you watch Jordan Walker stand up and give Ollie Marvel a hug, and I was like, I, I guess Ollie Marvel's gone. <laughs> He's disintegrated. He's so big. I'm going to go with Corbin Carroll. I've heard about this guy since for the last couple of years. 
uh, you know, I was getting videos sent to me from from the Reno Aces. Billy, you got to watch Corbin Carroll. So I've been on the Corbin Carroll bandwagon for a bit. Uh, there's plenty of room. Apparently, there's plenty of room for everybody because he's the favorite. So I'm taking Corbin Carroll. I, I'm sticking with the favorite. Jake, your your feelings have been made clear. But between Carroll and, and Walker, are you leaning one way? Carroll. I, I just feel better about Carroll hitting. I mm-hmm. see a world in which Walker just strikes out a little bit too much and maybe mm-hmm. loses some playing time or gets sent back down for a team that is definitely going to be competitive. Whereas Carroll's going to play all year unless he completely falls off a cliff. And I just feel better about his bat to ball. Yep. Agreed. I'm with Carroll. Although I will take the opportunity to shout out uh, Brandon Fott and Gavin Stone, who I think will pitch a lot in the big leagues, but more likely Hayden Wesneski with the Cubs who want a spot out of camp and mm-hmm. looks absolutely gross. So that's I don't want us to watch. sleep sure. on Francisco well, James Alvarez. Alvin. James Altman is is not coming out of right field for any of you guys. I don't, I, I don't know if he's going to get enough playing time exactly, but you know that's that's not a bad one. Francisco Alvarez is already he's in the minors with Brett Beatty, so I, I I want the guys who are her you know there from the jump. Like I the path to playing time for Alvarez is much harder, correct, than a guy like Beatty. So, um, but yes. Uh, all right, let us switch over to let's save manager of the year. We'll do that after. Let's switch over back to the American League AL MVP. Um, CJ, start us off. So I'm going to stay in the American League West. And while I have a tendency to want to say things that don't get me fired with the Texas Rangers, this one might. I'm going to go Julio Rodriguez, another young, exciting player. He's all over the place. I love the marketing that we're seeing with him. And everything about what we talked about last year with him is like looking for this marketable player who's got the big smile, Ken Griffey Jr. style. He's doing it. Major League Baseball is pushing to do it, and he does everything well. I know he made a, a bad defensive play in the WBC, but then he comes back with a big hit, with a great play in the outfield, playing a premier position the way that he does for a team that is expected to contend. And the reality is, I think, for voters, not that they could be swayed, but how much you're seeing a guy or how much he's showing up on highlight reels, I think, does matter uh, to some degree. And I think we're going to see a ton of him this year. Uh, Julio Rodriguez is my guy, uh, my dark horse, so I can help keep my job. Uh, will be Adolis Garcia from the Texas mm. Rangers. That's, that's a that's a good one. I mean, his he is uh, he is either could just like fall off a cliff or be even better. I I love Adolis. He's super fun. But not going to complain with the Julio picks. Uh, Spilly, who you got? I mean, it's it's the best player in the world. It's Shohei Otani, mm. and oh, it yeah. takes right. it takes something historic to knock him off to to win an MVP. It's exactly what happened last year with Aaron Judge. He had to hit sixty two home runs and and put a top five offensive season together in the history of Major League Baseball just to beat Shohei Otani. I think pitching, hitting, what he's able to do. I think the the way voters look at him now, where it, they marvel at him. He was top four in Cy Young. I mean, he's he's Clearly, he's the best player, and it's not even close. So, um, I have I have Shohei winning the MVP. Uh, if I do have a dark horse in this one, I'd like to go to the Astros. Uh, I, I want to see Alex Bregman uh, with no Altuve, and we know Jordan is going to be hurt. Uh, if Bregman puts up one of those monster years again, I think Bregman can win an MVP. Uh, I will just go next and say you stole my dark horse because Bregman was on there. Although I would say Abreu honestly fits in that discussion as well because I think he could just put up insane numbers in his first year in Houston. Look, Otani's the correct answer, but I'll just take some time and to say Jose Ramirez maybe finally gets it done this year. I think for him to be able to even be remotely good in the second half playing with a broken thumb <laughs> is amazing. And I think he's fully healthy now and he's one of the best players in the world. And if Cleveland runs away with the division again, listen, he's probably doomed to finish second or fourth for the rest of his career, but I just love Jose. So I'll, I'll, I'll have him be my pick. Spilly made a great point, which is if Otani is healthy and plays the whole year, it, you need something historic to pass him. And there's only like three or four players who could even pull that off. And one of them is Byron Buxton, who if he stays healthy over the course of a 162 game season, could put up something historic enough to top Otani at full blast. Elite defense and center, great value on the bases. He had 28 home runs last year in uh, 92 games. Okay, so he could easily get to 50. If he gets to 50 while playing plus defense and center and steals 15, 20 bags, I mean, yeah. he's probably going to get hurt. We know that that's yeah. what happens. Well, they're going to DH him to start the year, right? I don't know if you guys right. saw that or not. The load management stuff, our first official NBA, yes. or excuse me, NBA style, yeah, MLB player who's getting load right. management, which is unfortunate for the rest of us who enjoy watching him play center. That is true. He is one of the few people on planet Earth who you could see surpassing Otani. And so I'll go with Buxton. 
Um, okay, so that's that's your real pick. No, no dark horse there. I mean, I guess it qualifies as both, but that's anyone not Otani is, is a dark exactly. horse. I'm sorry. No, I he agree. Does, with that. He have you seen this guy? He pitches and he hits during. You understand? <laughs> I, that. I agree with that. Uh, good transition. Uh, Spilly Al Cyan. Al Cyan. Uh, this one was, you know, I I've, I've been thinking about this one quite a bit. Um, I want to go Otani for the Cy Young too. I really, I mean, he was really close last year. I think he's getting better. He's throwing 102 miles an hour. Uh, if he gets 27 starts, I think he gets it because I think he'll be close to 250 punch outs, if not higher. Uh, so I would love uh, just to shush everybody is to get Notani MVP, but then have the Cy Young with it. And that would that would fill out that little box that he filled out when he was 19 years old that would match all of his kind of goals except for winning a World Series. So I'm going Otani Cy Young as well. All right, I am going to be uh, a little bit of a homer here just because that last spring training start looked good, opening day coming up, and we got Jacob deGrom in Texas, and we are so happy uh, to have him there. He looks healthy. He looks strong. It's free and easy, 100 miles an hour uh, consistently from him. It was really unbelievable to watch the other day. It's just, you talk about max effort, guys, and he's the opposite. Of course, uh, thinking about health, that's the key uh, with him. That's going to be my pick, uh, a third one for him, with Lance Lynn, a former Ranger, as my dark horse. Because you're always going to give you the innings. Let's see what the numbers look like, perhaps uh, with an improved team there in Chicago. That's another one who was really good in the second half after everything went totally off the rails uh, for the White Sox. I was going to pick Otani, too, so you kind of stole me on that one. Um, but I'll just go Manoa. I'll go Manoa in Toronto. I think Toronto's going to nice. be an awesome team. And like, he's another guy that I think is going to deliver the bulk uh, in every sense of the word <laughs> that uh, most pitchers are not nowadays. So I think he's, I think he's spectacular. So I'll, I'll go with him. Here's a, here's one. Uh, Garrett Cole. I'll go with <laughs> still Garrett has never won one. Cole, so, I mean, there you go. Never yeah. won a Cy Young, which feels weird and wrong yeah. and backwards and incorrect. He's not going to give up that many home runs again. He can't. The home run to maybe he can, Jordan. The home <laughs> run to fly ball rate last year was just outrageous. And I just don't see if 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 he can like trim six home runs off of that, five home runs off of that, he'll be right up at the top. I mean, he threw 200 innings last year. He struck out 11 and a half guys per nine. He's Garrett Cole. Like it's literally Garrett Cole. Right. And so I don't find that to be a crazy pick. So I'm going to go with him. My dark horse is Jeffrey Springs of the Tampa Bay Rays. Nice. Oh, I like that one. Former Ranger. Um, All right. Let us do. uh, Let's go to our uh, our invented award and then we'll wrap with a little bit of management. We got to do AL Rookie of the Year, Jordan Drake. Oh, AL Rookie of the Year. I apologize. I'm skipping ahead here. AL Rookie of the Year. This is another one, as we just mentioned, with uh, Corbin Carroll and Jordan Walker. There's an obvious pick here. Um, Spilly, we'll start with you. Are you taking the obvious pick or are you taking somebody else? You know, I take Gunnar Henderson. Uh, no, I'm not going to take Gunnar Henderson. Even though I, I, I love the play, drafted him on my fantasy team, so he better do well. Uh, I want to go with Anthony Volpe. I, I want to go Volpe. I, I want to see what I think he's going to get a, a bulk complaint with, with the New York Yankees. He might bounce around until he finds it. I think he's going to play every day at second base. It, it just defensively makes sense. And when you play New York, there's bias. So I'm going with the bias of New York. I also think Volpe has a skill set to do it. So I'm going to get Volpe uh, a American League Rookie of the Year. Yeah, it's a pretty good choice. I also have him. That's why I told you it's a pretty good choice. Um, but there's a lot that can go <laughs> wrong here too, right? I mean, the thing about that position in particular and having a battle the way that they did, I mean, you don't you don't let a kid like that make the team unless you think he's going um, to stick. But if things go wrong, who knows? The possibility of the Yankees doing what's best for him, I think, could be a reality now. He also feels like he's up for the pressure and everything else. But I did pick him as well. And then once again, to make sure that everyone in Texas isn't mad at me, uh, Josh Young is my backup. <laughs> Uh, incredible. <laughs> everyone is either a former or a future ranger. Uh, I will also go with Anthony Volpe as someone who was raised a an Orioles fan, but more importantly, raised a Yankee hater. Okay. I wow. was on the Yankees in Little League and made my mom stitch a red X across the Yankees. Okay. Wow. On my Yankees hat in Little League as a seven-year-old. Anthony Volpe for all the cliche, is the truth. I am all in. He's a nice young man, as everyone on Twitter is making sure that you know. But more importantly, he balls. And he will not be afraid of the moment, of the scene, of the atmosphere. I have zero qualms about it. This guy is the truth. 
the Yankees are one of the most conservative organizations in baseball in terms of bringing up young prospects. They still don't trust Estevan Floreal after like 25 years of him trying to get some playing time. And they gave that job to Volpe out of camp. That tells me something. My dark horse, Edward Julian with the Minnesota Twins. Ooh, oh, pick. yeah, that guy's awesome. That is a very uh, good he's gotta, He's got to make the team first. But yeah, I mean, that, was, that guy's awesome. He already got sent down. Uh, I just he got sent down during the WBC. It was I funny. I know. Someone's going to get hurt. They'll call him up and he's going to hit like 280 with a ton of bombs. I'm not. Hey, real quick. It seems to me that you guys should be in charge with coming up with the great next moniker for this group of young Yankees, right? This whole core four kind of nonsense that went on for years. Now that Volpe and Peraza and then next year, if not before this year, Jason Dominguez, right? It seems like to me, you you know, we struggled here. You're younger. You're more creative. Um, I think this is this is your deal. How about the Good morning. The New York writers try to coin their own phrase. I'd love (laughs) for for it to be you guys and everyone else follow. The kid stripes. Uh, Ooh, interesting. Uh, I I am going to go just because he deserves mention. Uh, Masataki Yoshida is going to be awesome. I'm a full believer. I know it's, mm-hmm. it always feels goofy to have, you know, some of the former older professionals who have succeeded in other leagues, but if he's eligible, he's eligible. And I think he's going to be great. However, I will also mention Hunter Brown. I know his command is all over the place, but his stuff is insane. And I think yeah. he's going to get the opportunity to pitch really well for a really good team. And so I would mention him too. Um, but Gunner's really good. Let's not doubt Gunnar Henderson. All right. We should. We know we need to let you guys go. Um, so honestly, we're not even going to bother with manager of the year picks because I think it is the thing that I care the least about at the beginning of the season and at the end of the season. But I will ask you guys this before you guys hop off. As former players who played in a million clubhouses and a million leagues and whatever, like what what are we supposed to do with this award? Like, do you guys care about this award as players? I, I know you have sure, certainly have managers that you care about and believe are better than others, but we are constantly, as people who have not spent, you know, years of our lives in major league clubhouses, we don't know who's good and who's not generally. And so what is your take on, on well, this award in it, general and how it, we're supposed one, to assess it? One quick thing, Jordan, the award usually goes to the team with the biggest delta, right? Yeah. Who did we think was going to be bad? Who turned out to be good. Got to be the manager. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, this is uh, this is the covering the media's butt award, which is like, oh, we didn't realize they're going to be that good. And so here you go. I must have been the manager. I, I've always I, I've always felt that the manager of the year award is uh, is the most result based on team. Uh, even when the managers win it, they go, listen, I got a great coaching staff and I happen to have players that were healthy over the course of the year. I mean, there's no Newt Rockney speech that's going to get these guys to play at a higher level. Last season, you know, moving on from Girardi to Rob Thompson was was just changing the air and players getting back and healthy. So, like, say what you will. You could even tell me last year, you could say, hey, listen, you know, second for the Atlanta Braves, like, amazing job from Brian Snicker. Uh, did you not pay attention when... Uh, when Money Mike showed up, when Michael Harris showed up, and when Spencer Strider showed up, like that has to do with the manager. Come on, so I, I I've never liked this award. I think this award is is very biased, and uh, yeah, I mean, I also like it because love- it's not as if these guys are changing their managerial skills year to year on a <laughs> right. Like if Terry Francona wins it in 2019, or I don't know, or whatever, it's not like he's a worse manager three years later or worse three years before, right? They don't fluctuate in the same way that players do. Yeah, and I would say this. So uh, as far as the rookies go, Spilly, my counterpoint to that would be if you're fostering a good environment, it gives those rookies an opportunity to perform and be sure. comfortable. And so I think it does matter to some degree. Uh, Clubhouse, take it for what it's worth. It's hard to quantify it. Uh, but to your example, and thinking about, say, when Gabe Kapler won it two years ago, I right, did a great job with everything that they were doing there and not having a ton of starters and stars and mixing and matching and platooning. And they ended up holding off the Dodgers and winning that division. And then then what happened last year? Right. It didn't that formula didn't work. They didn't have the players. And it's like, well, yeah, Cap deserves a bunch of uh, accolades for getting it done. I thought that was a, a pretty well placed award. Doesn't mean he was terrible last year either. Alex Cora, after they won a World Series the next year, like, so a lot of it does have to do with the roster. So, yeah, I mean, give credit to somebody that has maybe uh, had to deal with some kind of adversity, whether it's major injuries. Think about the Yankees a couple of years ago and still, uh, still hanging in there and still are contenders, even if they don't win at all. I know they do this before we get to the postseason anyway. So, there's, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. And more often than not, it is an organizational award because everything else is going on behind the manager. Uh, Spilly, CJ, thank you guys so much 
for joining us here on Baseball Barbacast. For all of you listeners of our show, make sure you go out and subscribe to Loud Outs. Episodes dropping Monday and then, you know, other times as well. Spilly, CJ, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it, fellas. That was fun. Negro Leagues Baseball Museum President Bob Kendrick hosts the SiriusXM original podcast, Black Diamonds. The Negro Leagues didn't care what color you were, and they didn't care what gender you were. Can you play? Hear stories of the leagues and legends that shape sport, culture, and society. That's why the museum is so important. It's like, we are never going to forget you. Episodes of the award-winning Black Diamonds are now available wherever you get your podcasts. We're not talking about balls and strikes. We're talking about your life. And welcome back to Baseball Barbacast. Thank you to Spilly and CJ for joining us, making some awards picks. Now it is time for us to make our very official. We have definitely thought a long and hard and done ample research and really committed to these picks that we will not change our mind in 30 minutes as soon as we're done recording. Selections for who will win the divisions and the World Series. For convenience sake, don't worry about specific postseason series winners. Let's just pick... Division series winners, let's pick who are our wild card teams, and let's pick our two World Series teams and World Series winner. Division series winners? Do you mean division winners? Well, I'm sorry. Yes. We're picking division winners. We're not picking specific postseason rounds. I don't want to go round by round who's going to beat who. Like, that's not interesting. You give me a prompt, and I'll just pull a team out of my ass. <laughs> okay. So let's do our division picks. Let's pick all of our division winners first, and then we'll do our three wild cards. Jake Mintz, let's go in reverse of the podcast. NL West, who is winning the NL West? The San Diego Padres. I will take the San Diego Padres as well. The American League West, who will win the American League West? The Houston Astros. The Houston Astros as well. I will do that as well. The American League Central. I will take the Minnesota Twins. I will take the Cleveland Guardians. The NL Central. I will take the St. Louis Cardinals. As will I. The American League East. I will take the New York Yankees. I will take the Toronto Blue Jays. The National League East, Jake Mintz. This is the most interesting one. I will take the Atlanta Braves. I will take the New York Mets. There you go, New York Mets. I'm doing it. I'm picking the Mets. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. Taking the Mets. All right, three wildcard teams. Let's begin in the National League. Your three wildcard teams. Who you got? I will take the Phillies. Mm Mm-hmm. I will take the Dodgers, mm-hmm. and I will take, ooh, I. So like it's the Mets, right? Mm-hmm. It's the Mets, but I don't care about the truth. So I'm gonna take. I'll take the. Uh, I'll take the Brewers. Okay, I will go Braves, Dodgers, Phillies. Braves, Braves Dodgers, Phillies. Phillies. So yep. pretty straightforward. Uh, but yes, I am picking best to win the division. American League, three wild card teams. Who you got? Much more interesting, in my opinion, in the American League. Yes. I'll take the Blue Jays, the Guardians, okay. and the Baltimore Orioles. Okay, okay. I will go with Minnesota. I will go Actually, with- no. No, no, no. I'll take the Rays. Sorry. I forgot the or the race. I'll do the race. I'll do the yes. uh, the Blue Jays yeah, Guardians. That's what I was going to do. <laughs> okay. So wait, who, who are you saying is out? Orioles. I'm kicking my birds Orioles. out. Okay. All right. So then in that case, uh, yes, I will I will do the Yankees. I will do the Mariners. And I will do the White Sox. Oh, Whoa. my God. I had to spice it up a little bit. Sorry, twins. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't hope I'm wrong. I would like to see the White Sox back in the postseason, but um, not rooting against you, Twins. Just saying. All right, World Series picks. Who you got? I. That's a great question. Mm. I didn't think you were going to ask me that. That came out of nowhere, dude. That's what they do at the end. Like people, like the World Series is like kind of a big deal. So, sorry, who you got? 2026 World Baseball Classic. <laughs> oh, I'll take. Um, Japan. Nicaragua. I'll take China yeah. over uh, <laughs> okay. Belarus. Surprise pick. Mm-hmm. Who do I got in the World Series? I will take the Atlanta Braves over the New York Yankees in a series that people like us roll our eyes at and people like, you know, your Uncle Jimmy are amped about. 
I'll go Astros again, always over the New York Mets. Yes, that's right, New York Mets. I believe in you. Please, Here, wait. please just do okay. <laughs> Can I grab my girlfriend quickly to have her pick her World Series? Oh, sure. Sure, yeah. yeah On the yeah. show, would that be okay? Yeah, absolutely. You just put all the teams in front of her and see what we got. Yeah, let me just pull up the list of teams <laughs> so she has that. <laughs> all right, we're going to get a, a truly official pick. Hey, Chris, while you're while you're here, uh, producer Chris is here. Chris, you, you want to make a World Series pick uh, while we wait for uh, Jake's girlfriend? Padres. Padres. Okay, Padres over. Yankees. Padres over Yankees. All right, uh, Tamar is here. This is Jake's Hello. girlfriend. Hello, Tamar. Welcome to Baseball Barbercast. Oh, you are here you. to make your official World Series pick. Um, who you got in the AL and NL, Jake? Who's going to win, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Pick one team in, in the AL and one team in the NL and then pick one between those two. Okay. Well, in the AL, I got to go for the Orioles. Mm-hmm. It's the only pick. That is the only pick. That's damn right. <laughs> Right. Actually, not the only pick. There are fourteen other options. Yes, but you know. Okay, this is Orioles. How it is. This is Who how it is in playing? this family. Who will they be playing in the World Series? Uh, they're going to be playing the Nationals. Oh my, my other god! Pick. Beltway Series. Yeah, Beltway, Beltway Series. series. Yeah, DMV you- for life. <laughs> can you tell? Can you? So who who you got? Who's who's going to win between the Orioles and Nationals? I think it's the year for the Orioles. I think so too. I think. Yeah. Probably more likely than the Nationals. So I think she at least has a chance of this, the end result being correct more so than if she had picked the Nationals. Tamar, thank you so much for joining us and, and we wish you the best in your Beltway Series prediction. Thank you. Jordan, I feel like I was being pandered to in real time. I that think was she was amazing. pandering to her own her own experience more than anything. Uh, you know, those are the teams that she has seen in her life. Yeah, it's good to know that I'm not the only person in this apartment who believes in Patrick Corbin. <laughs> That's true. She was listening. She's like, actually, I think he could go like five with three earned runs. Like, I actually think he's made some tweaks in spring training. She's been she's been locked in. That's a uh, great right. reminder to everybody listening that you don't need to love the exact same things as the person you love. Uh, thank you, Chris Tyler for producing this episode. Thank you to Spilly, Ryan Spielborg, CJ Nikowski for joining us to make our awards picks. Thank you, Jake Mintz. Thank you to Tamar for making your World Series picks. And uh, Jake, we should probably go watch some real baseball that counts. How does that sound? It's happening? Yeah, no, it's, that's really, it's, it's real, real news. Real the news. baseball's here? Uh, we will be back on Monday. Uh, I know we're going Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but with opening day, we wanted to go Thursday. So we'll be back with our next episode on Monday. Can't wait to see who is undefeated, who is winless. It will be a delightful time, and we will talk to you then. Can't wait for the USFL to start on April 16th. Serious XM Podcasts.